0: It is time for another journey. Deep into the lining of the magical talking hat. Hat wranglers Tony and William reach into the yawning chasm that is the hat and pull forth the questions you have posed. Will they tire of your question quickly? Is your name Azure Talon? Then perhaps they will. But then perhaps not. But that will remain a mystery. Until we venture into the Magical Talking Hat.
1: Alright, well it didn't explode, so... <laughs> um, sorry, we tried to start the recording after I have now stripped down... Everything on my computer that might be taking up resources. I'm not having I don't have my antivirus running, nothing. Um, and as soon as we hit record, it froze up so fast it didn't even have the little voice saying it was recording. So now we're gonna try recording to the cloud and see if maybe that uses less resources. If it does, cool, that's fine. Um I have an Etsy. I don't know if you noticed
0: she we hasn't quite
1: notice. adjusted her hunger strike yet but she's working on it she's getting close and i won't be going anywhere for a while so hopefully it will be all right um i want to talk today about fast food in a new segment i'm calling triple f tony's fast food feelings oh apparently it was a little of both uh, last thing er, I yes
2: yeah the last thing I heard was fast food feelings that's it
1: yes I said like triple D with diners driving the drives with Guy Fietti this is this is triple F
2: oh
1: um Tony's fast food feelings um and then you were just smirking for so long I was like are you just smug or did we freeze up and it was a little of both. Maybe a little um, of both. Sure. So yeah, I've had a couple of interesting experiences in the fast food realm recently that I want to talk about. And the first one is uh absolutely fuck Pizza Hut. Um so I love Pizza Hut, the food. Um, it is it is the McDonald's of pizza in that when you're craving it, you're not craving pizza, you're craving Pizza Hut. Mm. And and in fact, one could argue if you're craving really good pizza, Pizza Hut may not cover it. Uh, same thing with McDonald's. If I want a quarter pounder with cheese, another burger won't work. If I want a good burger, a quarter pounder with cheese will not work. But so we don't do a lot of Pizza Hut. Also, it's not, it's, it's very noticeably unhealthy and, you know, whatever. But, we do it sometimes, and I also unmirrored my screen, by the way, to try and save resources, so I'm very confused about which hand is coming out where and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, I've had some issues in the past with our local Pizza Hut because it's always way, way busier and takes way, way longer than it says it will when you place the order. But recently, I placed an order uh, online. I used to do it on my phone with the app, and it would constantly crash and things. So I was like, "I'll just do it on the website." I'm usually sitting by my computer anyway, so um, so I did it on the website, and it was not cheap. We ordered a lot of stuff. We were hungry. Um, it was one of those weekend days where it's like we haven't really eaten much, and now we really. So it was like a fifty buck order, including a pretty good tip. Uh, Paid for it online It said how long it would be So I waited until a little bit After that and then I went there Fully expecting I probably would have to sit there for a while And I went inside Sure enough there were like three other people Already there I decided not to get it delivered because That can sometimes just take like a fucking hour Or whatever and I'm like that's too long And the pizza's not that far away So I go in there Um Sort of side note, and I mean, it's got to suck to work at a Pizza Hut, but this was pretty bad customer service. Like, I walked in, took one step forward, and this woman at the cash register, without looking up, said, I'll be with you in a minute. And I was like, okay. And so I stood there. And then after a minute, she said, name. And I told her my name. And she looked it up and said, it's not coming up. Could it be under someone else? And I said, maybe. And I gave my wife's name. I'm like, I don't think so. It's my account. She's like, nope, nothing's there. It's just not in there. And she said, "It's we have a new computer system, and it's been doing this. It did it to that guy, too. And she was gesturing to some other guy who was sitting there on his phone doing something. I don't know what. And I'm like, but I already paid for it. <laughs> but they didn't say anything. And so I left pretty pissed, pissed off at a lot of people at this point. And so I went home. And sure enough, when I go look online... If you go to like look at the progress on the website, it's like order not found. But I go to my bank and there's a pending charge. Mm. And I'm like, what else? I'm pissed. So we got something else, whatever. And so time went on and the charge got finalized. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And then I got an email saying, give us feedback on how your order was. Uh, so I did. Yeah. And was very and and was very specific about it and like at this point you have genuinely stolen this money from me. Da, 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 da. Uh I hope it gets resolved soon and then a little while later I got a response from a person supposedly uh saying thank you for the feedback and we will use it to uh Uh, adjust our our behaviors in the future. If you have any more questions, here's the email to reach me. So I wrote that email, sure. But here's the thing that email, nothing to do with Pizza Hut, it's clearly whatever custom, whatever survey taking agency they have. So I wrote this whole thing and I was like, Well, come Monday, I'm really hoping it's not going to be there, but if it is, I guess we got bigger problems. So, and I never heard back and nothing ever changed. And eventually I went on and looked and this happens all the fucking time. And if they, if they do mischarge you, you're basically screwed because if you call corporate, which is very hard to do to get the number to call corporate, they will tell you, you have to contact the local establishment to get a refund. But if you contact the local establishment, they say you have to call corporate for that. Mm. Um, And apparently it has just long been a thing. Do not use the website or the app with Pizza Hut because you may get boned and no one will take credit for it. Mm. And... Um, so yeah, if you ever want pizza, call them directly, which is funny because our pizza gets busy enough that sometimes they just never answer the phone and it just rings and rings and rings and rings. But this left a bad enough taste in my mouth that I, we won't have pizza for a while now. I don't think, but I'm pretty pissed off. I'm like, that's sort of nakedly terrible as, as a business, as like, I, but it's so, they're so huge that I'm like, it doesn't matter to them. But like even Amazon, who's pretty terrible, at least is better at pretending they give a shit. (laughs) Like do me the courtesy of pretending any of you care at all at the building, at corporate, at the anybody, but no. So yeah. So we're at 50 bucks and fuck pizza hut. So that story aside, last night we went to Raisin Canes
2: Chicken Fingers. Oh, where's that?
1: It is over. Uh, it is by the Coralville Walmart and like Costco, and you know, there's like a Steak and Shake over there, and oh, yeah, that weird McDonald's on the hill looking thing or whatever, and. We avoid that whole area most of the time, um, and especially at the holidays, because everybody's over there shopping and everything, and it's just insane. Uh, but last night, we well, last night our plans fell through, and so we were like, we need supper. We didn't have anything ready. just like, you want to go out? And I was like, yeah, let's go out. And she was like, didn't we want to try them? Because they had showed up a while back, and they're another one of those big ones, like a Popeye's. In fact, they're sort of a Popeye's, Raisin Cane's uh rivalry i think going on and i was like yeah i want to try them and so we went to try them i'm assuming you've never had raisin canes because you know it's chicken no uh and you and chicken still have that blood feud going um is okay 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 i'm gonna tell you the entire menu of raisin canes chicken fingers Okay. Literally. Okay. Um. It's all combos. And all the combos come with crinkle cut French fries. And uh, like a half piece of grilled on one side Texas toast. And if certain ones, if they are big enough orders, come with a little thing of coleslaw, which is fine it's kfc ish but like worse than kfc a little bit um a little cup of the raisin canes dipping sauce there is only one kind it is a kind of mild it's got a little it's it's like a real smoky barbecue mixed with mayo sort of it's it's mild it's not bad it's not my favorite i'm not a big smoky barbecue guy but and then your choice of depending on which combo you did Three chicken fingers, four chicken fingers, six chicken fingers, or a sandwich, which is just two chicken fingers on a bun. (laughs) And then a drink. And the drinks available are sweet tea, lemonade, unsweet tea, and a small collection of fountain sodas that you would find anywhere. There is a kid's meal. It is the exact same thing, two chicken fingers, and you get a cute plastic take-home cup. And there is an a la carte menu where you could buy any of those things. That is it. There are no other sides. There are no other versions of chicken. There are no other sauces. There's nothing.
2: No desserts. No shakes. No.
1: No, 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 no. Um, I don't even think you can get all Arnold Palmer, which seems insane. Um, I mean, you could make, well, no, cause lemonade's behind the counter. So, but, so we're in there for, it's a crazy place. It was very, very busy. They were all kids. It was terrible, but I'm like, I didn't know this menu was so limited, but when it's a place that has such a cult following and has so few items on the menu, those items must be fucking amazing. Right? Could sure. Could be. It's fine. I don't I don't think I would ever seek it out. It's probably some of my least favorite chicken strips. Um hmm. not that they were bad. They're just sort of done in this others. They're very white meat meat focused and I like the battering more. There's no particular seasoning on it. They're fine if somebody was like, "Here, have some canes." I'd be like, "Sure." Um but I don't I don't think I would ever I, I don't I do not understand it, and it wasn't like cheap. We got two combos, no extras or anything, no upsizing, paid a little over twenty bucks. And I don't even wow. think I tipped. Wow. Wow. It was filling and it was fine. I mean we ate it. Um and again, it presented with it. Fine. But no, I don't <laughs> I do not understand. If if we have a listener that is a Raisin Canes nut. Explain this to me because I don't. The only thing I can think of is because it is sort of a different style of chicken finger and not one that I particularly enjoy, but it's like unusual compared to most ones I've had a little bit. Maybe for somebody that just hits for, for a decent chunk of the population, that's just a thing. Mm. Um, but mm, it was weird. I really expected more. I don't know. Very odd. Is, Popeyes is, is not under threat from this, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Is there any kind of like ambiance or vibe or anything like that? That
1: oh would... fuck, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Um, it's crowded fast food place, plastered with uh sports team stickers and occasional signs, many of which were Hawkeye, but not all. And three motherfucking disco balls in the middle. Okay. (laughs) That were like big and very distracting. And did nothing. I mean, it was very standard. The layout is very standard fast food place. The music was very standard inoffensive 2000s pop mix. Um, Yeah, no. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: it's very weird. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Talking high Podcast, the only podcast in the world that I'm. Um, I'm just gonna say it is probably the the most unrelated Amityville sequel of all of them. <laughs> like, we don't even say the words. Like, we have nothing to do with the original. I know there have been some really dumb ones out there, but, like, this one I feel like is the furthest from any of the original. rhythms. Um, it's clearly just a cash grab uh, clearly. and clearly not succeeding. <laughs> uh, I am Tony.
2: And I'm William, and this is episode 673.
1: 673. Mm uh when my wife hears me gets pissed off about things with the podcast and talk about how maybe I don't want to do it anymore she took it very much to heart and like had me watch a video of uh John and Hank Green the vlog brothers they both did a couple of pieces on like when podcasts and YouTubing ends and why it ends and stuff and I was like wow she she really is concerned But <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It did make me ponder. I don't know how this I I feel less this way recently because of the sudden outpouring of emails from people letting me know that they are still out there and still interested. And it shouldn't it shouldn't matter, I guess, because we mostly do this so we can keep in touch, but like it does if I thought nobody was listening, then like every it's fine to keep going if nobody's listening. But I'm like, I put some money into this. I put some effort into it. Why yeah. am I fucking bothered? We could literally just talk on Zoom. Sure. Although, And I pay for a pro license for that. Like, what the hell? Um, So that is a good note. But I mean, that's that's my own insecurities. But I do appreciate it. I really appreciate everybody suddenly popping out of the word, Even just now, it was like, oh, my God, we got like six emails from like four different people. Yeah. Again, it was good. Pretty, pretty um so I do appreciate that. But also the technical issues are bad. If it really is a matter of just recording to cloud instead of to the machine, that'll be great. Because I did note last time when it all went to shit, as soon as we stopped recording, you and I talked for a little bit more and we didn't have any problem. Yeah. Right. So I did wonder about that, but we'll see. Um I don't know how computers work. Uh, If you're just joining us for the first time, this was a lot. Um, We have a hat. Sure we do. It's magic in that it has its own email address, themagicaltalkinghat at gmail.com and wonderful people, uh, four of them in six iterations, uh, write in to that email address, themagicaltalkinghat at gmail.com with whatever they want. And the hat magically forwards into us and then we talk about them and that's it, except we spent a lot of time doing other crap so how's your period of time since we last recorded i, I don't remember when it was
2: well we finished let the leftovers
1: <sighs> wow you cruised through that pretty fast
2: yeah nothing's left in the fridge
1: <laughs>
2: and uh yeah i don't really recommend it i mean if you liked lost or any of this stuff that what's the space does you'll probably like it okay but if you watched those things and thought yeah that that did not that was not what i expected or hoped i mean you're gonna have the same feeling here we did watch it it's three seasons it's not i don't remember how many episodes per season but it's not like 22 or something um uh and it was fine. it was a you know we were basically watching it mostly like we'll have uh uh Abby works here so we can have lunch together a lot. so we'll just have it on during lunch, you know it's just whatever sometimes we'll even talk about things and not really pay that much attention so it didn't really you know there was kind of low stakes uh for it yeah. and um it was it was fine I don't I don't know why he keeps making these things you <laughs> keep paying him I mean we watched it. I mean, I got to admit, we did, but it's just not, I get the impression that, okay, so when Lost was going and I was participating in forums and stuff, uh, we often, many of us in the Law and Lost forums and stuff often talked about how, you know, it, it seems like what they've come up with here is a very basic idea that has everything it needs to get people interested in watching, but is broad and vague enough that it doesn't really hamstring the writers. The writers can really do anything they want. And they don't even have to worry about continuity with what writers have done, except maybe with character arcs and stuff. Right. Um, And it seemed like a pretty brilliant idea that way. Right. You like with loss, they're on a, they're on an Island. That's apparently got supernatural properties that's introduced right in the very first episode. And so for a certain group of people, not everybody, but a certain group of people, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. Then they did have excellent acting and some very good writing and scenes that to this day, I'd say some of the best scenes in television were in this show, but, but you, it's kind of like any, like a haunted, like if, if you're writing a, a movie script for a haunted house, um, just, just it being a haunted house gives you license to do just about whatever you want, right? You don't have to explain how ghosts work. You don't have to explain who the ghosts are. I mean, you don't, I always like the scenes in those movies where they go and do some research and find out who lived there and why they're a ghost or whatever. But you don't have to have that; don't need oh. it. You don't need any of that. All you have to, all you have to do is say it's haunted, and you can pretty much do whatever you want. And that's kind of what Lost was—a whole show like that. It's like, well, we have a, a, a supernatural island; we can do whatever we want. And I think they were right about that. And I thought that was an effective uh, formula. And I thought the writers had fun with it and everything else. The only problem was. That there were tons and tons and tons of fans that thought that there was more to it than that, which some of us in the forums would insist, no, I don't think there is. I don't, I think you guys are overthinking this. Um, but man, people just love to think that's that whoever made Lost spent, I don't know, 10 of the previous years like meticulously putting together this really complicated thing.
1: There's a, I think so. There's an old SNL sketch from when Lost was like at its, height mm. and i um, matthew fox hosted mm. uh and there was a sketch where he basically gets stuck in a crowded elevator with a bunch of people who recognize him and they're all like trying to get him to tell what it is and they're all doing mm. their own theories and the only part i remember because it wasn't a very interesting sketch but i think now it's really fascinating to watch now that we know how it all but there was one one guy played by fred Armisen, who's like they don't know they're just making it up and other people would be talking to me he's like nah they got no idea what they're doing
2: well i mean they did know what they were doing in the sense of like again if 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 i was a, a tv producer and someone pitched me an idea it's like hey we're gonna have this really simple concept that we know will capture a, a large audience that's like intrigued by that kind of thing. Um, and so that's good That's good side number one. The other good side is it's not gonna, it's we're not gonna be painted into a corner or anything. We're gonna be able to do whatever we want. We're not have to worry about, it's not an established IP, we can make stuff up. We don't even have to worry that much about continuity with previous shows or whatever. I mean that's for a producer that's a win win for making something because it's hard to make a thing that is meticulously planned out or that has to have a plot that you've got to get everyone's buy in in the first that's the hardest thing right having yeah. a pilot that captures people right away which but lost had that
1: what you're describing is a tv show of which th- they don't make anymore um if you're going to do something like that now it can only work as some sort of anthology Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of tv show that used to be the norm which is here's a premise and every week they go on a fairly self-contained wacky adventure was all the rage and then due to a lot of people that we used to be very thankful for and now all want to see killed everything is binge everything is everything is game theory now everything is what triggers can we have that will compel you to keep watching (laughs) that will compel you. We don't want you want you to enjoy watching the show every once in a while or whatever. We want you to know that if you don't catch an episode, you're going to be lost. Pardon the pun. (laughs) Um, And that we want you to have to be invested in every single episode and have to watch it. We don't care if you enjoy it and We, we, you, you have to have to feel like you have to watch it. Well, and And so we pull all this crap and very rarely do we have any clue where we're going, but we convince you something's at the end of this.
2: Well, it's going to be worth it. It Again, the, the problem with thinking about them not having a clue where they're going is that that was never a part of it, where they were going. That was never the, you're right they want you to think they have some kind of an end mm-hmm. but they yeah. never no that's that wasn't part of their deal. and it never is and by the no, time they
1: they worked really hard to make you think so they lied <laughs> essentially
2: yes exactly uh there's a lot of and in this show there's some pretty much outright lying like and you can see it like like they'll something will happen in 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 the leftover something will happen in a show and you'll go oh they just lied to us. <laughs> this is what's really going to happen. And then that does happen. And you're like, so they only did that thing at the beginning of the show to basically lie to you about it happening or not happening. We And that's the only trick they have. They don't have misdirect, you know, clever misdirection or double, you know, something that can be taken two ways, but you're going to take it this way because of how they primed you or whatever, nothing clever, just outright lies, just outright really? lies so that, and you'll believe them. And then when it's revealed that it's a different thing, there's, you don't get any satisfaction out of that because it's cool when they like legitimately trick you, <laughs> you know, mislead you or something like a magic trick. Yeah. Magic tricks are cool. They just fooled you, but you think it's cool. But when they, when they just lie to you, that's not cool. That's, that's, yeah. you, you, that's not how it works. That's not satisfying to me, the viewer when instead of doing a sleight of hand and tricking me, which I think was awesome, like a magic trick, you just lied to me. Well, you know, and then you get used to it. Then, like I said, you see a show, they do something and you think, I know what the payback of that is later. The exact opposite thing's going to be true because <laughs> they just flat out lied.
1: Or you watch the pilot of a show and you're like, yeah, it's one of these. Never <laughs> which is what I do. And I do think, no, I'm I'm dead serious about that. I'm like, oh. This is one of those where the whole thing we want to believe is what's the mystery and we're never going to fucking answer it or we're going to answer it eight years down the road and it's going to be really underwhelming.
2: Yeah, right, 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 right.
1: Um, The the upshot, and maybe this is me, I'm, I'm very aware lately that I'm an old person. Um, I've been interacting with young people recently in ways that I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm in a different category now uh but so so this could also just be me but i think there is becoming general audience fatigue for this kind of thing
3: mm-hmm.
1: and two two ways around it have begun one is the old school british model which is it's not that many episodes mm-hmm. where it's you know Six episodes, it's eight episodes, which first of all means I don't have to commit as much. But more than that means, and not that it always happens, but sometimes people actually plot out the whole arc. Sometimes from the beginning and when you're only got six or eight episodes and you can definitely make. I mean, nowadays they also have to really shove in like 12 cliffhangers at the end, which is Mm -hmm. annoying. But you can make those where your story resolves but you've got a couple of hooks so you can do another season if it's popular. Mm. Um, but this is also why I wait on shows. nowadays. I, I wait until um, it's done. And I ask other people, I'm like, did it resolve? Was there an ending to it? Okay. Then maybe I'll watch it. Um, and then the other version is we just are going back to genuine episodic shit. Mm. Uh, Poker face. Was a great example There was an overarching story But mostly Each one was just its own episode mm. Like the cozy mystery genre always was um, We're getting a surprising number of more Sort of multi-camera sitcoms again uh, uh, I mean a lot of them are just nostalgia bait But uh, those are very self-contained episodes And things like that And I'm comfortable with that I'm, I'm good with that.
2: Well, leftovers also suffered from something that now I sort of equate with Hunger Games, which is I don't buy the premise. You know. Um yeah. the,
1: there would never be leftover human beings. No we'd, we'd eat them, we'd eat them right away.
2: It it's not the it's not the initiating event like Oh, know, it's it's how everybody reacted.
1: Well, yeah. and this was the thing for me. This is why I didn't watch the leftovers even once I had the chance, is the premise didn't sound that interesting, but also when one time I went, I decided I probably wasn't. And I went to Wikipedia and read and I'm like, it's just another ensemble thing where people are, there's going to be mysteries and people are going to betray people. And it's just going to be drama. And it's mostly going to be a bummer. And it's like every show AMC does. And like no i mean i don't think was this amc i don't know but it's no, it's it was, the amc was formula it H-
2: was it hbo
1: um but it very much i'm just like we're it's just going to be a bummer it's mostly just going to be people either fucking other people over or people hoping and trusting and getting fucked over and i don't no, I don't want to. And Hunger Games is a little bit of that, too. I agree with you that that is not what would happen. Mm-hmm. But also, why would that be a story I'd want to see even if it did?
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, like if someone pitched that to you said, and so what what happens is they have all these kids compete and kill each other. Who wants to see that? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, this is the story of actually that happening again. but two of them lived this time spoilers for the first hunger games um so that's better right that's like that's only that's only 11 as
2: 11, bad. like oh my god that's hilarious but anyway uh, yeah it, i um, just that yeah i didn't there were a lot of things that seemed implausible to me and some of the characters were so unrealistic that i like the one the the, the main male lead I I disliked his character so much that I'm afraid that if I see this actor in something else, I won't want to see it. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. I
2: think he's a fine actor. I think I, in fact, maybe I'll, to overcome that, I'll on purpose find him in something else just so I can see. But the character was so uh, unlikable. that it's like, I don't even I want to see this guy in anything else.
1: Was watching a thing last night that was talking about Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Mm. And specifically talking about how incredible, Sean Connery's character and performance was in it
3: mm.
1: and I remember going was it and then I'm like I think it was but in the intervening years I have learned what a shithead Sean Connery was <laughs> and I think retroactively I'm downgrading his performances in my mind because I'm like no mm. he didn't do that I'm like I think it did though I think I think that I think I think that's the best Indiana Jones movie Mm. but I haven't seen it in ages Mm. Mm. Um, and to be fair I haven't seen two of the movies but I'm still pretty confident that it's neither of them (laughs) Um, but but yeah there's I I hate when that happens and it happens far too often but I'm like yeah now that I fucking think this actor sucks it's really hard for me to appreciate their performances Mm. and Sean Connery was a misogynist fucking bully so mm-hmm. and 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 woman beater just in general just straight up so get fucked um and beater i don't i don't like to gender too much i mean I'm, I'm really not in favor of hitting women but mostly i'm not in favor of hitting i don't like people who hit
2: yeah not a, definitely not a good thing
1: um but yeah I, i've been having that trouble with certain things. I don't know. I'm trying I'm getting real picky in my stuff. Well, I like to think I am, but I've seen a lot of things recently I didn't like. So maybe not. We're (laughs) still enjoying bodies. Um we're halfway through. We have enough clues now that we kind of have a sense of what we think is going on. Mm. But I'm sure it'll change. Um but it's I'm glad because I was nervous some of these kind of shows it's like up until like the penultimate episode, you have zero idea what's happening. And then they're like, oh, here it is. And it's usually very un- unfulfilling that way. But this one, I'm like, no, I'm getting a picture. I, I think I- I'm getting it. Uh, it still could definitely be, it-, it could end bad. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But I'm holding up okay so far. I'm, hmm. It's still engaging and compelling. So Okay, good. Uh, Iron Chef quest for the Iron Legend less so that's the other thing we're watching right now but the Night Court reboot I am really enjoying it if, if you enjoyed the original Night Court I think this is a good update really? it feels it's it's modernized obviously in a lot of ways and in some ways very important ways that eliminated some problematic elements But it doesn't feel like an '80s thing. But it, it, it is definitely a sitcom uh, and and a a multicam sitcom, and it has that vibe. But it, I don't, I can't articulate the specifics. But it has the same heart as the original Night Court. Like it's just emotional and sappy enough in the right places that I'm not like annoyed. (laughs) That I'm like, we're a few, we're a handful episodes in, and I'm like coming to like all the characters, even though some of them I really hated in the beginning, and I am feeling senses of sitcom levels of growth. Hmm. Because even in the day where it was 30-minute things, like, <laughs> if you look over the course of seasons, people's relationships changed and grew and stuff, and that's a vibe here. And, yeah, I mean, it's you can definitely never watch it. That's fine. Um But I, I think it is a good... Honoring of of the original, and I they've done really well with John Larroquette's character to make it feel like the same character, and leave out all the incredibly problematic shit associated with him. Um, I wonder
2: if Brent Spiner will ever come back.
1: That would be awesome. I doubt that would
2: be awesome. That would be awesome.
1: Uh, and also as which character because he was on there as like three different characters all oh, right some of them came back more than once, but he was on there as different characters yeah. uh, <laughs> yes, I'm enjoying that a little bit uh I am in season two of Ted lasso and barreling on through so soon um we will take tackle season three. And I'm sure I will be sad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're liking it so far? Again? Oh, absolutely, fine? absolutely love it.
1: It's good, love it. I keep worrying, but no, it is a beautiful show. <laughs> I forgot the last two episodes of season one, which I'm now on my third run through. Through, had me tearing up. Bad, it's good tears, but still all right Uh, how's the rest of your week have you are are you are you a doctor yet um have you guys finished diablo 4 jesus
2: oh well so they have an end game they have seasons you know
1: yeah yeah, you're doing end game you're doing the live service bullshit yeah yeah, and uh
2: they so season of blood just ended it last week or before the week before and a new season started. And when you season start... of blood's over already, it goes faster and faster every year. Season of Blood. Shut up. And so <laughs> when you start a new season, it feels season... like
1: Season of Blood just started.
2: When you start a new season, you've got to start a new character. If you're gonna play the season, you don't have to play it, but if you're gonna play it, you have to start uh, a new character. So that's interesting. It, Abby was a druid, which I explained before. In in this game, a druid is essentially like a cleric in. D&D where it's like a, a brick character except with a little bit of magic kind of thing you know what I'm talking about yeah. that's, what the, that's what the druid is well so then so this time she's playing a barbarian which is you know just weapons and stuff I mean there's still some uh, sometimes quasi magical th- yes exactly <laughs> and berserking and all that stuff <laughs> but it's mostly a you get up close and you know hack and slash or whatever I think she's liking that And I just played, I'm just, so what I'm doing, I'm playing a sorcerer again, but the first time, um, okay, so there's a skill tree, right? And you only get so many chances to pick skills and to beef them up or whatever. And most people who play sorcerer will try to find a good combination of skills that work well together. But when you do that, none of them are very strong. So I decided I was going to just have um, electricity skills the first time. And this time I'm doing all ice-based skills. And if we do another, because I think she wants to try a rogue, which is like rogues and everything. I think she mm. wants to try a rogue and then I'll just do the fire-based. And that's all That's all three of them. Ice-based, electricity-based, fire-based.
1: You know, the um, three elements.
2: But I think she's interested in, in playing a magic-based character. because, And they have two. They have a necromancer and a sorcerer. Yeah, and if and if we do that, I don't know. I might go back to she can
1: she can still tank with a necromancer because you're gonna have a shit ton of undead minion things.
2: <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> but, I played uh, some
1: Diablo. I know. I know my business.
2: So, in in other words, we might be playing this for a long time because <laughs> there's just all kinds of different things to do. And then when there's not, we'll we'll stop probably. But we do like so much playing couch co-op and we've always liked that and we've you know we've the first time we ever played a couch co-op together was you know 20 some years ago so this is a thing that we've always liked and and not in the last decade been able to do as much as that first one so we're just happy to be able to do it we do we love it we love sitting and playing video games together because we can talk and we can you know you you interact more I mean, we interact during TV shows and movies too, but it's more in interaction when during the game. You know yeah. what I mean? And problem solving together. I don't know. It's just funny.
1: Theoretically, Trish and I are about to start a new game together. Um, I forget what made it happen, but Trish suddenly was getting the urge to play like a proper video game, video game again, mm. and she thought it might be fun to play with. So I did some research and I found there is a great site called cooptimus mhm yeah. um and i anytime we're going to do a game i go and hunt around there and i realized very quickly like yeah there's hundreds of games we could play but there's really only a ha- if you set aside we just want to play on the machine we have and we want something that is genuinely like co-op not just like oh in fights you can control a different character or whatever or this is the main character but they have a little flying pet friend you can be the flying pet friend. Like, <laughs> when it's like an actual game that we're really doing it there were maybe five or six kinds
2: correct yep that's right and
1: so i was like and so i i gave her sort of a presentation i was like here are some games that fall into this that we already own because I had bought them on sale or whatever for to play for myself but it turns out you can and I'm like and here are a couple that are like the old kind of isometric dungeon crawlers like we've always done and then here are some that are more a newer sort of school of co-op games like there there there's a company that creates a couple of games that are specifically you have to play them co-op mm. Single player is not an option. And there's one that is a very heavy narrative based thing called a way out where you're playing two prisoners uh, escaping from jail. And I forget what you're doing after that, but it's a it's a pretty long involved story with lots of like mini games and stuff. But it's, it's a very narrative focused and it's split screen and like literally you can be in the same area and one of you is in a cutscene, and the other one can be doing things while that's happening interesting um and they also made a game called it takes two that's a platformer thing uh involving a husband and wife who are going to get divorced and their little girl doesn't want them to so she makes a wish on some dolls or whatever and they turn into these dolls and they have to go through all these different clever and that one like All the levels, like there are special mechanics and one has one and one has a different one and you have to interact and stuff. uh, The same thing, you have to play with somebody.
2: I've heard of Um, that one.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't realize they were the same company, uh, but then I went looking for gameplay trailers and they're also the same director. And so the gameplay trailers are him talking through what's involved. Like, oh my God, these are the same people. But And I found something that was a a Dungeon crawler. look. Similar, or whatever, and anyway, we finally settled on one of the ones we already own, oh. and then I found out we didn't already own. <laughs> and then I found out it's popular enough that it's not on sale, so I spent sixty bucks on a very old game that neither of us has ever played. And we'll see oh what wow! Happens. Wow! But we are going to attempt Divinity: Original Sin Two. Hmm. Um, did you never play the Divinity: Original Sin games? Nope. Well, fuck. Good news. Um, you've got you've got more games to play. Uh so way back in the day, somebody made a game called Divine Divinity because we're the worst as a species. Um and it was in the sort of era that, it was one of those sort of isometric dungeon crawler things, dungeon siege, Diablo, that kind of thing. Um I didn't play it, whatever. But I, I also don't know much about how the gameplay worked. I bought them on Steam years later for really cheap, but I never played it. And then they did the second one called Beyond Divinity. And then there got to be a sort of spin-off series called Divinity Dragon Knight. And then Dragon Knight had a couple of sequels, whatever, 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 whatever. Many years later, Larian Studios the people who have now are most known for making Baldur's Gate 3 Mm. uh, made a game called Divinity Original Sin. And it's set in the same world as the other ones, but it's like thousands of years apart, so you don't really need to know anything about that. And it is a very huge fantasy sort of D&D-esque thing, uh, but with turn-based combat so very much like sort of a Baldur's gate kind of thing and it was pretty successful a few years later they made a sequel that was much bigger and much more robust in the kinds of characters you could make and things and it was just insanely popular Hmm. and everybody loved it and it and it really has in-depth and detailed stories it's very player driven like the world is so open that you can do all sorts of things and they'll drastically change the story and stuff like that. And people loved it to death. Now there's Baldur's Gate three and apparently it's even better, but I had long ago purchased the first one because it's me. I'm like, I got to play the first one first Hmm. Uh, even though they are hundreds of years apart and essentially unrelated also. Uh, But I thought I had bought both of them, but apparently I had not. Um, So now I got that Maybe someday we'll play Baldur's Gate 3 together My sister-in-law and her friend Who don't live near each other anymore But so every couple of weeks they game They spend an evening gaming together online Are doing Baldur's Gate 3 together Because you can definitely Do that one together
2: Can you couch co-op
1: there? I think so I don't know for sure I don't know actually but
2: We weren't interested in it at first Because of the turn-based thing We don't typically like that but yeah yeah yeah. We saw some video or something where someone was playing it and there's actually a dice roll. Like Yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. It's it's D&D. And
2: and when Abby saw that she's like oh, I I kind of like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right? It's it's because, D&D. Not some, set in the D&D world. It's D&D. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think she thought she would like that cuz sometimes turn-based is just it so you're playing and then it'll cut away to this scene where you've got your enemies on this side and you're on this side and you, you do a thing yeah. and it hits this person and you wait. She doesn't usually like that. But if it's like yes. if it feels like a and d session with dice and everything, that's actually better. I yeah. think she would actually like that.
1: What you're describing fell out of fashion in the mid 90s. And the only times <laughs> you see it now are in games that are going for that sort of retro style.
2: How does it work now? Usually, uh, turn based. Um, It's it
1: looks exactly like. uh, Well, did you guys do the Dragon
2: Age games? Yeah, they weren't turn based Um, though.
1: No, but you could pause them, and then you could set up a bunch of stuff.
2: That's true. You could, yeah.
1: So it's just that without the unpause.
2: Oh.
1: When you end your turn, they do the thing, Mm -hmm. and then it stopped again, and then you pick another turn and. But that's they're moving so around just like any other thing. What it does is it becomes much more tactical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what spells do I have? How far away? As opposed to, let's run at them and hit all the buttons. Like, <laughs> so it just gets more involved. And it, it means things take a lot longer. But those are set pieces. Like, there's also a lot more stuff that's not combat. Right. Um. Hmm. Yeah, no, I. I think you should check these things out. But I wouldn't. If I were you, I would not start with Baldur's Gate 3 because I think if you do that, then going back to these ones will look way worse. (laughs) (laughs) Not just in graphic fidelity, but just in general. Um, But yeah, so we are theoretically going to do that soon. Um, (laughs) We keep being so far behind because the thing keeps going bad. I have so many things I want to talk about. But we're almost out of time. We haven't done a single question. Um, I guess we'll just save them. Because I don't want to miss a question. I don't want to do no emails again. Give us an email.
2: Okay. Mm, hold on a second.
1: It's all just movies and TV and shit. So it's, it'll... it'll i can talk about it next week just as easy
2: this is from craig 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 he asks have you tried any solo or duet letter writing games if yes what do you think of them if no do you think you'd be interested given both of your writers i don't know what a letter writing game is
1: i don't either so thanks for your question. Anyway, next. No. Uh, here's, I will say a couple of things. One, I have been looking at solo RPGs, which is a thing, like tabletop RPGs.
2: Oh.
1: Um, because I think it might be fun to play a little bit more, and I am... I... Uh, I'm getting better at not saying it out loud, but in my brain, I backseat GM a lot. But I'm not in a position where I feel comfortable GMing right now. So damned if I do, damned if I don't. And I'm like, if it's a book, I can judge the book all I want. Uh, so I have been looking at that. I don't know the letter writing versions. And I don't know how that would work. I mean, I, I understand how the duet version would work. I understand how a solo version would work. Unless there is, like, an online component where, like, you send it somewhere and they've got an AI algorithm going to Mm. respond. I don't know. Mm. What I also will say, though, um, and you and I have discussed this offline a little bit, and I'm going to be more circumspect than I was with you, but there is a... Pornographic website to which I pay money to subscribe. That recently, in the height of everybody loving AI, has created a beta program that is a bunch of AI chat bots for various uh, erotic scenarios, as it were. And it's not doing a lot for me sexy wise, but it's fascinating. And I have been playing with them. And finding it interesting to see how they respond to things and uh, how it goes. I had I had one not long ago where, and I'll, I'll spare everybody the details. But essentially, I did it for quite a while, and things didn't get sexy at all we were just having a nice conversation like and i kept trying i would throw things out but it and and eventually i had to get like real uncomfortably explicit in my interests or whatever and then suddenly it flipped but hmm. before then like it was just a conversation and it went on for a long time and i'm like is there not something in there that like a uh, uh, part of the algorithm that's like also make it sexy, like
3: <laughs> that's the
1: point of this. But it also makes me wonder some of these may be here, not what well, it's like the old, and it, it's, a, it's a cliched trope. I have no idea if it's accurate. I don't know a lot of people who have uh paid for good old fashioned uh offline sex workers, but the trope is always that a lot of guys will hire a prostitute and they don't have sex. They just want to like talk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if some of these bots were designed with that option in mind. Cause there are some things where I'm like, I feel like the bot is just wanting me to vent a little bit rather than.
2: See the tricky thing with these things. And I've, I've, there's certain people I've been having conversations with about this because sometimes um people will be talking to these bots, and then these bots will express very specific uh, these sometimes these bots are in contexts like what you're talking about where they're supposed to be like a companion or a friend or you know, they're supposed to they're supposed to connect in a particular way with whoever they're talking to in a way that if if you're a lay person and you're thinking of how that would happen, they would probably. Like what you're talking about, they'd probably respond to what the person is saying in a positive way, or like, yeah, I'm into that too, or I'm interested in that too, or they would have similar political beliefs as the person if that was part of it. And um, some people are using these bots and they're having experiences like you're talking about, where it's like they're they're not getting the hint here. We're talking, you know, we're just having a conversation, or or the person has is expressing particular political views and the bot doesn't reciprocate it's, those views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so you have to think, well, what's going on here now? What, what some people have said, as I've asked about this, because sometimes it seems the, the bot seems so specific in how it's behaving and so resistant to any suggestion from the other person. You almost have to think like you're saying that there must be something programmed in there for a particular group of people or to, to allow a particular kind of thing. And a lot of, uh, experts in these not the people who are actually programming them but the people who think they know how they're programmed will say no they're they're probably not doing that and and when i ask well then how do you account for this odd behavior they just say well it you just have to understand it's all based on whatever sample of conversations they're drawing from to respond which sometimes i'm very skeptical of that because it's like well if let's say it's the whole internet. Well, the internet's full of everything. There's not really any limiting yeah, yeah. factors in the internet. So so something about, if that's true, if it's all about the sample, well, no, there's something about that sample that's limiting that they're either accidentally or purposely picking. And I don't know what it yeah. is. Well, and
1: this is where my incredibly simplistic and I'm sure wildly inaccurate take on AI and machine learning yeah, uh, falls yeah. apart. I My... Understanding of AI, and I cannot tell you where I got it from. I probably made it up. And I say, yeah, of the things we have nowadays, the Chat GPTs, the yes. Chat bots, that kind of stuff—not yep. actual AI. Yep. Um, is so. The program has a library of data, which may come from sources on the internet that are similar to what they're talking about. But a lot of it comes from iteration. Mm-hmm. I've talked before about websites out there that we we had one when we were at Applied that was a 20 questions website.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you would literally, you wouldn't write it down anywhere. You just think about it in your head and it would ask you questions. And it did pretty well. And it turns out later, it was using all of us to train one of these kind of AI things. Uh, and I've run into a lot of these. And so it's sitting with a bunch of data and it's sitting with a bunch of memory of times it has talked to people mm-hmm. and, or, or talked, I guess you could sick the bots on each other, whatever, but talk to somebody and it uses samples and keywords. Oh, you're talking about this thing people have talked to me about this thing for or you're using this kind of phrase people have used this kind of phrase before whatever and it's going through its stuff and it's doing one of two things in my head and I don't know which one it is either giving and 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 this is this is writ large this is thousands millions of different responses and words and combinations of words so this is much more complicated than what I'm saying but the principle is this is how I understand the principle it then takes all of that and based on its knowledge of past experiences and the data it is holding it gives you one of two things it either gives you the most desirable response in which case somebody had to tell it what it's desired in which case you should be able to say what you're desiring is the best way to make this sexy or possibly what you're desiring is for people to respond in a way that is positive that could be a thing for you to say something where 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 th- this is the most common way to respond in this situation where people would come back with that's a good point or that's right or thank you or you know a- as opposed to what the fuck is wrong with you like that kind of thing or maybe it is combing through all that and coming up with the most likely response any being would have given the data and experience it has yeah and in that case i guess you can't control it but that seems like a weird thing for us all to want
2: well but oh so in both of those cases in one in one case it's you you're not just training the the bot to say things and to interact in a human like way you're also training it to yes and right that's what you're doing
1: potentially if that's how you program
2: it right if that's it's, what you
1: want you could totally set it up to be an asshole
2: no no right 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 but, <laughs> but but i think people presume and i certainly do that when you're making things that are supposed to be like simulated friends or simulated girlfriends or or simulated or or sex partners whatever that that a yes and orientation is kind of what you're going for that you okay. are
1: building off of what is said yeah
2: right now but even on the other one like well it's it basically it's coming up with with the average response the average internet response or whatever even then i'm skeptical i'm very skeptical that unless unless the sample that's used is either accidentally or deliberately selected for a certain thing i, I mean the internet is so full of stuff <laughs> I just have a hard time thinking that like a that like a, a a a bot that's set up just to be a friend, right? And so let's say a a a, a person of a liberal bent gets on and they they're talking to this thing and um it's it's almost always disagreeing with every political opinion they have. It's nice about it. It says, "Oh, well I, you know, I understand, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm this way in my political views, but blah 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 blah." And that they, that can happen over and over and over again. And based on a, a large sample of stuff that they're getting from the internet, that bot is just going to, ins, you know, be very stubborn in taking that position instead of because they're a bot, and because the whole reason this purpose person's talking to them is because they're looking for someone with common ground or maybe who agrees with them, and the bot just won't do it. I see that's hard for me to believe that that's well, that's just what the samples like. I I don't buy it. Something about that either the algorithm that's being used has been and there is some evidence for the algorithm uh, that the algori- algorithm has been affected because we do hear people say for the se- because it's basically the same kind of thing that's being done for generating images. And we hear those people say, well, we can fix that so that they're not using image, you know, they're not able or they're not going to put together um, images of child exploitation and things like that. Okay, well, if you can do that, then you can change the algorithm to have any kind of bias you want. Okay but but let's say it doesn't that doesn't mean that the sample is somehow not I don't want to say biased but somehow not if, let's just say this if i if i were the people programming that program you were using i would think that was a problem that you ran into that situation i would think that was it was not working properly for that to happen that's what i would think but
1: well and i will say especially for entertainment purposes as in the case of the site it, it is still learning, and it has methods for that.
2: Mm.
1: Every time the bot says something, there is an option to rate it one to four stars. Oh, and there's also an option, again, with each response, to hit a button that's basically like, no, nah, try something else. Which I have used only in... Pornographic context because sometimes the bot will suddenly bring in a new kink, sort of out of nowhere. And sometimes that's really cool. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm not in that. So I'll hit the button and it'll come up with something different. And like some it's a similar post, but it's not like they just replaced certain words. Um, and I find that very interesting, and I'm sure it's it's learning from that.
2: But you'd think maybe there are some people who are using this and like I don't know why they would use this to find someone just to talk to, but if they are, you're right. They're learning to do that and that's part of the data set they're drawing on, not just the yeah. internet conversations. Yeah. They're drawing on a data set of experience. So maybe that's happening. Maybe you're right. I didn't even think of that. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, hmm. Now here's the
1: good news uh, we have listeners who actually know things about this?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So I would encourage those listeners to go to the blog, themagicaltalkinghat.com, or if you really want, you could just comment on YouTube. We're, we're definitely trying to get into that algorithm, make us some money, <laughs> get monetized. um, And tell us, first of all, what are we completely misunderstanding about how this works? But second of all, what is your answer to this kind of question? Why why would the bot be contrary in that method if it's if it's meant to be like a friendly chat bot kind of thing? Um so please go check it out and, and tell us because I know there are people out there on who listen, multiple people, uh some of whom literally work in the industry and some of whom are um just fans bigger than we are, I think uh so in answer to your question craig uh we don't know what the fuck you're talking about uh but it sounds cool so yeah we'd like go to, to. and yeah. tell us about it yeah please uh i love that idea um and that's part of the thing i actually enjoy from these ai bots is it lets me sort of practice writing in a way mm. that i enjoy uh practice dialogue and things like that so um do that. If you got anything else you want to talk about, uh if you seriously, if there are some big Raisin Canes fans out there, tell me, tell me what it is. Uh there's nothing bad about it. But there's nothing that interesting to me. I do not understand the hype. Uh, but let me know. Um also keep writing in the magical talking hat at gmail.com. Uh, we will get to them. Uh, eventually, see, this is proof we did one today, uh, and talked about something else the whole time. Uh, but uh, it really, if William, if, if you guys stop writing in, William and I have to look at our actual relationship, and I don't think it's going to go well. So please fix that. And if you have seen or heard this, that means I actually figured out how to get the cloud recordings back. So if you aren't hearing it, then I don't know how to get them.
0: Yet another mystery solved by the hosts of the Magical Talking Hat. Do you have a question that begs to be answered? Then please write the hat at the magical talking hat at gmail.com. That's the magical talking hat at gmail.com. Also, visit the hat at themagicaltalkinghat.com. The music for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com.